0: What's up everybody welcome into the bush league segment here at house call sports I'm here with Taylor. My name is Matt and today we're playing a game of who's more likely between some of baseball's most noteworthy teams but first I wanna give a quick shout out to one of our sponsors and that is Coffee Bros. If you are a bro who's up real early like I am or if you are a mom that really enjoys coffee, Deb, we are looking at you and you need a coffee company that's not only gonna provide everything from award-winning roasts to your necessary equipment your expression machines, your grinders, your filters to your recipes as well as a coffee to water ratio calculator. Go to Coffee Bros website whose link is in our description to get everything that you need that is coffee related. So go get Coffee Bros, bro. But with that, We will go into the segment we had planned today, and it's called, Who's Most Likely? So I'm going to say a question of who is most likely to blank, and we have to pick a team and explain why. So, the first question we have is, of the favorites coming into the season, that being your Mets, your Yankees, your Padres, your Astros, Dodgers, Braves, etc., okay, Taylor, I'm going to go to you. Of those teams, who is most likely to still win the World Series out of those preseason favorites?
1: Well, I think the obvious answer here, and forgive me for for taking the easy route, that's the Braves. Uh, they're they're just as good as we expected them to be. You know, I'd love to see them add a starting pitcher at the deadline. I think they could use a little bit more depth there. I mean, and a little bit more depth anywhere wouldn't hurt them. Um, they're still they're still the team to beat in the NL, as far as I'm concerned. The one thing about the Braves, though, that I think is worth noting is how absolutely good Acuna has been this year I mean obviously he's kind of the runaway NL MVP favorite over my boy Corbin Carroll who was one of my preseason picks um and you know it's great that he's having this big year but as Yankee fans we know how tough it is when you have one guy having a historic season if anything happens to that guy it takes the offense a long time to adjust to life without him so if Acuna stays healthy, I it's hard to imagine anybody beating him. But if he goes down for any amount of time, we're really going to see how good the Braves actually are. Um, so that'll be interesting because they have a really good team without him. But is it a World Series winning team without him is the question. I think it still could be, but it would. the answer is, is a pretty resounding yes if, if that lineup is healthy and he's in it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, we saw in 2021, they actually won it without him, you know, that, that world series, they won it without him, you know? So, but again, that's a completely different team. You got Freddie Freeman on that team. You got, you know, some, some different guys on that team. So it's going to be this year, especially with how much they're relying on Acuna and how just like you said, the, the guy is unbelievable. Like if, if, you know, he would be getting talked about a lot more. I mean, he's obviously, you know, the favorite to win NL MVP, but he would be getting talked about a lot more if, you know, Shohei Otani wasn't doing Shohei Otani things. Yes. Um, But, you know, like you said, Ronald Acuna has got to be up there uh, for sure. But I'm with you, Taylor. I mean, Atlanta, for me, was my preseason NL pennant winner. Uh, I love. The, I just. I just love the team. I mean, this. This offense, as we know, is crazy. They got seven guys with 13 plus homers, and that's not including Michael Harris, who was one of their best players last year, and Travis Darno either, who doesn't even really get run because they have Sean Murphy. So Olsen is leading the NL in homers, like we talked about. Acuna is the best player in the National League. Ozuna is having a comeback year after he was terrible last year, and Sean Murphy is a top three or four catcher in baseball. So this is a really, really really good offense. And then pitching wise, we expected Strider to be their ace and he's been really solid this year. He's still striking everybody out, but Bryce Elder has been a horse for them this year as well. Most innings pitched on the team, two four four ERA, 3.2 war. He's been elite for them. They've got a top 5-ish bullpen and a top 5-ish rotation. Their defense is kind of closer to middle of the pack, but when their offense is this great and their pitching is this good as well, they are the runaway favorites to win the, NFL and the, the National League. It's really not close right now in my opinion. They've got to be the clear favorite to come out of the NL but I want to ask you your AL pick as well for the for most likely to uh, to come to be a World Series team out of the AL oh Matt you're gonna love it
1: it's that team in Houston the Astros I know that they've had kind of a middling season up until this point but I do still think they could win it but it, there's a lot more qualifications with 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 that take. They need to add depth at the deadline. That's that's not even a that's that's not a question. They need to do that. They're they're short right now. They've had injuries. They're having guys not produce as well as they've needed to. They need Jordan back in that lineup. They need more out of their stars like Bregman, Tucker, and Abreu. And they can't have any more injuries. So there's a lot of qualifiers there. But on the bright side, Bregman. Altuve or Bregman, uh, Abreu and Tucker have all had really good June. So I think that that could be a nice turning point for the offense. Cause all three of those guys had kind of underperformed up until this month. And, you know, the Astros, they still have a, the semblance of a big three in the rotation with Javier and Valdez and uh, Hunter Brown, despite, you know, the rest of their rotation being hurt, their bullpen is still pretty good. They're still a team that could win it, you know, and, and, they, they have that playoff experience, so we'll we'll see how they end up getting into the playoffs. Can they catch the Rangers in that division? I, I don't think so, but they could. They definitely could. I think they end up sneaking into a wild card role, and then once they're in the playoffs, it's, you know, they, they've they got those guys that know how to play in the playoffs, so I think they they have just as good of a shot in the AL as anybody else.
0: Yeah, Taylor, you want to know something? I am so happy that you went with the Houston Astros because— In the AL, I went with someone and, uh, it's a team where, you know, the, like you said, you, you were talking about you had a lot of qualifiers. Well, I'm about to blow your qualifiers out of the, out of the water with my qualifiers. Um, Where would you think I was going to go? I'm going with the Yankees, baby. Everything has gone wrong. Everything, all right? Everyone's gotten hurt. So many injuries to everyone, okay? Including our best player who carries the offense. The vets who are expected to perform haven't. Young guys who we wanted to play haven't played or have played, but they haven't performed. Okay, bad managing from Boone at times. And poor overall roster construction from Cashman. And guess what? We're still nine games over 500 and in a wild-card spot in the best division in baseball, and guess what? Guess which which team is better right now between the Yankees and the Astros. Take a guess, it's actually the Yankees. Granted, it's by a half game, but it's the Yankees, okay? The Yankees are better than the Astros right now. So, if this team can somehow, again, we're gonna say it for the one millionth (laughs) time, okay? If this team can somehow get healthy, all right? If they can somehow get ready, at the at the time they need to be ready. This team's going to be deadly. They have far and away the best bullpen in baseball right now. And we'll get guys back in the bullpen for the postseason. They'll get Carlos Rodon back. They'll get Nestor Cortez back in the rotation. They'll get Aaron Judge back in their lineup. Hell, their number six projected number six starter at the beginning of the year just threw a perfect game. All right, their pitching is really good. Okay, and you want to know what happened the last three other times a Yankees pitcher threw a perfect game? What did the team do in that season? They win the world series i'm telling you Ooh. watch out for the yankees a lot of yankees fans a lot of yankees fans are doom and gloom okay we got a lot of doom and gloom yankees fans but guess what it's not, it's it you're not gonna be so doom and gloom at the end of the year all right we're gonna win all right it's what's gonna happen we are gonna be scary and we are coming okay we are coming for you league because we've got some great players and they are coming back and hopefully they are coming back so it's gonna be interesting to see but The Yankees, man, that's my team coming out of the AL. I'm telling you, beware of the Yankees. I'm telling you.
1: Matt, how much does it hurt that, you know, we basically talked all offseason about how great it would be to not have Aaron Hicks in the lineup, and then he goes to Baltimore and becomes, like, prime Aaron Hicks again.
0: It's part of the reason I don't want us to let go of Josh Donaldson because I know as soon as Josh Donaldson leaves, he's gonna turn back into MVP yeah. Josh Donaldson. As soon Probably. as he leaves, it's 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 what's Probably. gonna happen, you know. So I mean, I think we all kind of expected that with Hicks. Like Hicks was Hicks was so bad at the end, like he couldn't go anywhere but up. And he no. was he's he's always been kind of like a hot and cold guy. So as soon he as he left, I mean those last couple man, of weeks too. He looked he looked, he looked just looked, awful. He looked like his dog just got ran over by a truck. Like that's yeah. what that's what he looked like. He he looked yeah. like just the most miserable human being on a planet on the planet. Like he just did not look good. So, yeah, I mean it was to be expected with Hicks and you know, it's probably going to happen with Donaldson when he inevitably gets DFA'd or traded yep. at the deadline. So, yeah, it's it's um it's going to be frustrating to see uh, it's there's always something frustrating about the Yankees. It seems like at this point, but I think we still have a really, really good chance at getting getting to and winning the world series this year. And it's not me just being a Yankees fan. I think if things break our way for once, I think it can, I think, you know, we can get there. So, um, but with that, we're going to move on to a different question. Okay. We're going to move on to our next who's most likely question. So, of the teams that are currently projected to make the playoffs. So there's, you know, we've we've moved to a format where we got 12 teams making the playoffs. So of those 12 teams that are currently in the playoffs, Taylor, who's most likely to miss the playoffs of those of those teams that are currently in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, the first one I'm going to talk about. They've got a right now at FanGraphs. They've got a 35.4 percent chance to make the playoffs, and that's the Angels. Uh, mm. I still feel like this team is not quite there yet, and they're totally being carried by Otani right now. I mean, the, the offensive production he's had, and and on top of just the, the lights out pitching he's had, it, have re, he's really carried that team uh, to a degree that like I don't think any player has ever carried a team before, in a sense. Um, They have added a little bit of depth with Mike Moustakis and they they traded for Escobar to fill in some of the voids left by. They've had quite a few injuries, especially to their corner infield spots. So they're trying, which is good. And, like, it's nice to see the Angels actually, like, making some some moves to try Um, but also you have to expect that Trout's going to miss some time in the second half of the year I mean you got to expect Otani's probably going to miss a little bit of time too just given his unprecedented workload I mean it's it's absolutely insane and you know in a year where the wild card I think is going to be particularly competitive I can see them being on the outside looking in uh, come playoff time and you know the starting pitching still just isn't quite there and they just still have some holes and I, I just like a lot of teams better than them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's angels. I think, I think angels fans will tell you they probably have trust issues at this point, just given, you know, the, the different angel seasons that they've seen with Mike Trout over the years. Like I saw an interview, it was Mike Trout talking to Mookie Betts and uh, it was when they were in the uh, world baseball classic and Trout asked Mookie, is this what the playoffs is like because Mike Trout literally Mike Trout the best player in baseball for damn near a decade literally had no idea what the yeah. playoffs was like because that, you know the Angels haven't been there have been there once in his entire career you know and he's an 11-time all-star at this point and and they've been to the playoffs one time like that's insane to me, that Mike Trout doesn't know what the playoffs are like. So I'm guessing Angels fans, and I know I have trust issues with the Angels as well. They have trust issues as far as you know their teams off to a hot start. Can they maintain it? And like you said, the the injury concerns for Trout. He's probably going to be in and out. You know, Otani can. You know, maybe Otani can keep up what he's doing because he's Otani. But it's he's just doing absolutely alien things right now. But I'm going to go do a different team in the American League, uh, and they're in the toughest division in baseball. For me, it's Toronto. I mean, first of all, you got Houston right on your ass already, just a half game back, and I think Houston's better than Toronto is. And their offense has still been really good. They're sixth best in baseball in WRC Plus and in war, but they're and they still got a stacked lineup full of guys, and their defense is solid, not great in my opinion, but that pitching, especially the bullpen – it's not great. I mean, the starters have been middle of the pack, and the guy who was, we thought there was going to be a, who thought who we thought excuse me was going to be their ace and Alec Manoa can't even get minor league guys out at spring training right now. And their bullpen has been average as well. Meanwhile, you got teams like the Yankees and the Astros have significant season altering type players on the verge of returning. I see, I mean, I see Toronto still having a great record, but I could easily see them being that team on the outside looking in. I mean, there's so many teams in the American League, especially in the AL East and the AL West right now, that, you know, if things go, you know, go wrong for Toronto and they can't get back, you know, Alec Manoa getting him back to his, you know, Cy Young capable form like he was last year and like I predicted him to be at the beginning of the year I'm gonna that's probably one of the most freezing cold takes that anyone's ever had at this (laughs) point is me predicting Alec Manoa to be the Cy Young but the Blue Jays I, I I they're they've got a lot of great players Bichette's having a great year but a lot of their other guys aren't having Blue Jays type seasons so I could definitely see Toronto maybe being on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs this year even though they're one of the most talented teams in baseball
1: Does, uh, does your pick still count if Manoa wins the Cy Young equivalent in the Florida complex league?
0: Yes, it does, year. Taylor. Thank you for asking. It does count if he okay. wins the Florida. But I will yeah. say he is also not the favorite for that probably. So uh, it's <laughs> uh, it's yeah. not looking too hot for the. I saw him give up eleven earned yesterday in the uh, in, in a Florida in Complex league. league game. In the in, in the Florida Complex League, he gave up. 11 no, he didn't. Runs. Yeah, Are you serious? Two, two and two and a third, eleven, or maybe it was ten. No. But it was either ten or eleven earned runs. Yeah, it was it was not good what <laughs> it was not good I had not and, seen that news and, oh and Strowman Stroman was talking about like oh people who are hating on Manoa now like don't like you can't hate on Manoa like in the future because he's going to get it back together and then he's going to show you it's like dude we can hate on Manoa now like he, he just gave up 10 earned yeah I mean how become, long is like, it going
1: to take to get that back I mean it seems like not yeah. only he's he's lost his confidence I hate to say it but it. I mean he seems like he's just lost his conditioning as well like he oh just for lives. sure like I know that's kind of a lazy take uh but it's like you you watch him pitch and it's after a couple of hitters he seems gassed and then it just it would it would always just roll downhill and just get exponentially worse with runners on base and it's like he it yeah. just seems like he's a different guy it's just so bizarre like he kind of lost that bulldog mentality along with it and it's kind of kind of a just a sad sad story and you got to hope that you know, by at least next year, he's back in the big leagues. Otherwise, I mean, what a fall from grace.
0: Oh my gosh. Literally a top five Cy Young guy last year. And then, you know, not even being able to get guys out in a Florida complex league. Like that's insane. And in a one year span, like literally one year to the next, it's insane. You got to think there's some sort of injury there too. Like, I mean, you have to think there's there's like something, something playing a factor, but the fact that he's pitching as much as he is in that complex league, and he's still not able to get guys out. It's like, man. That's, that's wild. Like,
1: they let him go long enough to give up like 10 dude, run runs.
0: That's crazy. Dude. Insane. Yeah. Just I getting shelled. The but development. Confidence, man. Yeah. And that's, man. that's what 90, 90% of sports is your confidence. And that his has got to be shot right now. It's yeah, crazy. What, what's going on with Alec Manoa. And imagine,
1: but, imagine the Blue Jays with even an average Alec Manoa right oh my now, gosh. Alec Manoa that regresses a normal amount from last year, you know, maybe right. a three, two ERA, uh, three, nine, I mean, yeah, full four, ERA. Three nine, yeah. yeah, just not like a seven, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. You, you know, they're probably in second place in the AL East and pretty comfortably in, 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 a wild card spot right now with him. And cause I mean, you look back at his starts, like he lost every single game for them that he started basically like every Mm -hmm. fifth day was what you were starting with like a four to five run handicap essentially yeah like imagine the blue jays without without that on their back right now
0: and somebody somebody in our fantasy league they saw it like six probably like six starts in they're like alec manoa doesn't have it and i saw somebody drop alec manoa in our fantasy league and i picked him up i was like oh like he's gonna he's he's gotta come back I was yeah. like, he's got to come back, and then you know, th- for four starts later for me, I was like, he's not coming back. Like no, he he's not. does not look good. So yeah, he's uh, something is very wrong with Alec Manoa in Toronto. So yeah, I'm I'm concerned about Toronto's you know potential playoff hopes because you know they had a guy that you you know you think that's that's their ace at the beginning of the year, and now he's he's not even on the team. So, uh, but Taylor, I'll go to your NL team. Who do you think in the NL who's currently in the playoffs is most likely to miss the playoffs?
1: This team. Continues to baffle me, and I still don't believe in them. Uh, it's the Miami it's white Marlins. Whale. They, they are my white whale right now. The and that's a great pun, also, you know, the, <laughs> with the fish. Uh, right now they have a 73.3% chance to make the playoffs per fan graphs. I and I still don't believe it's gonna happen. Their pitching has been great outside of Alcantara, ironically, talking about Cy Young Fallen, Cy Young. Candidate slash, I mean, in his case, an award winner. Um, I mean, you got guys at the bottom of that rotation like Yuri Perez, who's got a one point three four ERA through forty seven innings, which is nuts. Like their starting pitching is great, uh, but still, there's no way they're winning this division. And I still believe in a lot more wild card teams than them. I, I just, I still, in the last episode, I, I, I can't believe how they're winning ball games. Uh, right now against teams that are over 500, they are under 500. They're an even run differential team, which screams 500 team. But the big difference here is, and like we talked about in the last one, they're 19 and five and one run games They're four and one in extra inning games. They're winning these really tight games, which, you know, is something which immediately reminds me of the Mariners of last season. Um, you know, a team that just seemed to always be able to scrape together runs when they need them, the top three guys in their lineup arise. Jorge Soler and Brian Dale La Cruz are all having great years. How long is that going to last? Because right now they are, they're propping up that offense and they're able to support a really good pitching staff that doesn't require a whole lot of run support. How long is that going to go for? I don't think a rise is going to hit 400. And I feel like a downer saying that because more than most baseball fans, I would love to see somebody hit 400 because that's the kind of baseball. I love contact hitting slappy guys. I love it. I don't think he's a guy that's going to do it. Uh, I think it's great what he's done so far, but there, I just don't think there's any way he he keeps that up the rest of the year. And I think the league is going to adjust to these really good young pitchers, you know, come the second half of this year. And I think we could see like an epic losing streak from this team because talk about due for regression. It's the Miami Marlins.
0: Yeah. Um. To your point about Arise Taylor, I think he, uh, you know, if, you know, if Acuna is obviously number one for MVP, We've got to talk about Luis Arias in the MVP yeah. discussion. He's got to be discussed. Yes. I don't care I don't care, you know, home run tr- slugging percentage truthers are going to, you know, hate it that he doesn't hit any home runs. Dude, if you hit 400 in today's MLB oh, or, yeah. or even close to 400, you've got to be a top three or four MVP candidate. It's, it has to happen. So the Luisa rise has to be in the top three or four for the NL MVP. He deserves massive credit. Like you said, I don't know if he stays in that, you know, in that, uh, in, in that around that 400 range, because like we said, it's so hard to hit in today's MLB, but you know, he's got to deserve, he's, he's got to get his flowers for just being at that point. But yeah, Taylor, I, I, I agree with you. The Miami Marlins, I mean, they've got to, there's got to be some sort of regression there. But I want to, I want to look at the, I want to talk about the Mets real quick and, and Mets fans. Mets fans, if I would have told you halfway through the season, you'd be 11 and a half games behind the Miami Marlins in the standings, what would you have told me? Because I guarantee you, most Met, Mets fans would have told me I was smoking something because there is no way. At the beginning of the year, there is absolutely no way that you could have convinced me no. that the New York Mets would be 11 and a half games behind the Miami Marlins halfway through the season. Not to mention the Mets, the Mets being nine games under five hundred. Like, that's absolutely insane to me. So, the New York Mets, you are so down bad. Absolutely one of the most down bad teams I have ever seen. But, with that being said, as far as down bad goes... We will go to another question. This involving teams like the Mets who have a lot of talent or some good amount of talent, but have underperformed so much that they could be thinking about trading a lot of their team, uh, a lot of the members of their team and trying to rebuild at the deadline. So Taylor, I want you to tell me which teams are most likely to sell at the deadline.
1: Well, I'm going to go with one obvious one here, and I'm going to go with one that's maybe medium obvious And they are both, uh, their mascots are both things you wear on your feet. And that's the White Sox and the Red Sox. Sox. The White Sox are an obvious one. I mean, you know, they're in one of the worst divisions in baseball. They haven't looked good. They haven't looked good lately. But what they have is what everyone else wants. And they have some starting pitching that they can trade for in a seller's market a lot, you know, especially Giolito, Cease, Lynn, like these are guys that can, that can gain they can get them a heavy, heavy return. You look at teams like the Orioles, you know, they have a historically stacked, Farm system right now, and they need starting pitching. I would be shocked if one of these White Sox pitchers doesn't go to the Orioles. I mean, you you see guys in the Orioles system like Colton Cowser and Heston Kierstad. It's like that's just that's such an easy trade for the White Sox, in my opinion. And it's not like the Orioles are going to be hurting if they lose any prospects. Like they've got so much depth right now in their whole farm system, and especially there are other teams that need starting pitchers, like the Reds, the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, like other teams that can like give them a lot for these guys. So I think we definitely see them sell a little bit at the deadline it did, we'll see how much though because you know i i feel like when you have a like a decent starting pitching core like that the idea if you're a gm is you want to keep that together in just to, for some kind of competitive window since it's so hard to get so many good starting pitchers on the same team at the same time but with the white Sox i i, I see them selling but we'll we'll see what they think about their next couple of years uh over this trade deadline and then yeah, the other the other Sox team, the Red Sox, they're twelve and eighteen in their last thirty. Uh, they were pretty competitive in the East for most of the year, and we're starting to see them fall behind in the pack um, a little bit now. But you know, it's a it's a tough division, so it's hard to blame them. But in in the situation they're in, I I I think it would be in their best interest to begin kind of the retooling of their roster at the deadline this year, you know, they've got productive veterans right now, like Justin Turner and Adam Duvall and Kenley Jansen. And, you know, they could just, they could continue to add to their young core and, you know, add guys that are either, you know, younger, big league talent, big league level talent, or guys, you know, in the double a triple a level that are looking to move up in the next year or two. That way they keep their young core together, but also, you know, they can, they can get a little bit, bit of return for these veterans and still stay, stay valid and competitive in the East at the same time.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on the Red Sox. I mean. The Red Sox are solid, but you know what? What's best case scenario for the Red Sox this year? You know right. the ALDS. If it, if everything goes right for them, the ALDS. Yeah. So is that worth you know keeping some veterans that you could get some nice pieces for, like you said, a, a Justin Turner or a Kenley Jansen? Is that worth you know keeping them for an ALDS run? I don't think so. You know, so I think I think you, you don't, don't have
1: the- you don't have the talent to win a series in the no. playoffs realistically. Anyway, I mean, I know the Red, I know the Red Sox is you know an organization and the fans of the Red Sox, you know, they have this identity of like you know a real grungy you know scrape and scrape and claw your way towards towards wins but they I, I just don't think they they've got enough this year to do it and like you said i i don't think that's worth hanging on to these guys unless you know they think they have a couple more years out of the out of them but i i don't think they do
0: Yeah, they just, they just, they just don't have, like you said, they just don't have enough right now. They're, you know, five, they're what five games back of a, of a playoff spot, you know, and there's, you know, four or five teams ahead of them that are a couple teams that are behind them that I think are better, you know? So it's, it, it, it's just not worth it if you're the Red Sox. So yeah, that's a good call. And then Taylor, you brought up my first one. It's, it's the obvious one. It's the White Sox. I mean, listen, the, a, a bunch of Talented, underperforming players on a team that has little hope for the playoffs is a recipe to get blown up at the deadline. And, you know, the White Sox are probably going to rejoice in that. And but listen, there's, you know, two teams that I think they might they they might should be selling, but maybe they're a little too proud and they are in way too deep. Dare I say the Mets and the Padres, who are both well under five hundred after having yeah. huge World Series expectations on them this year? The Mets already trading Eduardo Escobar to the Angels, but they're they're not going to sell. They're already they're probably going to double down further, probably even further sooner yeah. themselves. If you're the Mets, you know, yep. um, but and the Padres, and the Padres, yeah, <laughs> it, it's but you know it's it's not looking great. I think the Padres have a better chance of turning around, but yeah, those two yeah. teams aren't looking great as well. But there's another team I wanted to touch on real quick and it's for the same reason as the White Sox that I see them kind of blowing it up. I can see the Cardinals blowing it up as well. I mean, they're extremely talented, and somehow they are getting absolutely boat-raced in one of baseball's worst divisions. And, you know, like Taylor said, starting pitching... Is extremely valuable at the deadline. So, do you trade a Jordan Montgomery and make it his second straight deadline getting traded? Do you take a does someone take a chance on a Jack Flaherty, you know, getting back to his farm from twenty nineteen? You got Ryan Helsley in that bullpen, bullpen who could also be on the move. Then someone's got to want you know Jordan Hicks, one hundred and four mile per hour sinker, who's in the last year of team control. And then guys like Tommy Edmond and you know Tyler O'Neill as well could be super valuable other teams. And I know O'Neill could definitely use a change of scenery because of all the drama that's gone on with him all year. Yeah. So I could definitely yeah. see the Cardinals as a, as a, as a, as another team that blows it up.
1: Yeah. You got to wonder if Goldschmidt's going to waive his no trade deadline Man. clause too, or no trade, no trade clause at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you know, that you, you can't think it's a fun situation for him there either. You know, he's got to want to go to a, some kind of a competitor and, you know, so many, man, so many teams could, could use a Paul Goldschmidt right now. I know the Phillies have been talked about. It was a good landing spot for him. And I agree. I think that would be a great landing spot for him too, but I, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's definitely going to be interesting. Like you said, they got two, you know, all time greats in Goldschmidt and Arenado who are just kind of sitting there dying right now on the, on the Cardinals. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens with those two, but we're going to go to our final who's more likely question. Like we talked about, there's been some teams with talent struggle or hang around 500. But last year we saw two teams in the NL who were like that kind of all year in the NLCS. And obviously the Phillies end up in the world series and they were kind of like that all year. So Taylor, I'm going to go to you, my friend, which team this year is most likely to make a surprise world series run?
1: Well, when faced with this question, I went with teams that are down pretty bad right now. And one of those teams you just mentioned that's down pretty bad right now is the San Diego Padres. And they're still a team that I think can make a run if things go right for them. Because if there's any team that can come out of the all-star break and win 20 games in a row and have us forget how bad they've been in the first half of the season, it's this Padres team. Ah, uh, Fangraphs right now has them at around twenty percent to make a to get a wild card spot, and I think that number could definitely go up after the All Star break because uh, I mean their roster is still really good, and especially with a resurging Gary Sanchez, which you know mixed feelings from both of us probably on that one because uh, you know you you like to see him bounce back, but also. You know, why, why can't you just bounce back with the Yankees? We could come oh, on, man, with Gary Sanchez. Um, and, you know, with how aggressive the San Diego Padres ownership has been, like, like you said, like they're already like in so deep, it, I would be shocked if they don't double down and, and buy some other absurd, like pretty inefficiently financed contract Paul uh, Goldschmidt. At the, yeah, a Paul Goldschmidt. I could absolutely see that in San Diego. So we'll, we'll see how that goes for them. But also Blake Snell has been a lot better over the last couple of weeks. So I think that might help them get some momentum back. You got to have Darvish pitching better than he has, though. Um, but we'll see because I think when I'm thinking of like a comeback World Series team, I'm thinking of a team that's going to come into the wild card race in the playoffs playing really hot. And for them to even be in the conversation, they're going to have to be really hot at the end of the year. And that's momentum they can take into the playoffs and and possibly make a really deep run. So I don't think it's time to give up on them yet. They're still a team with a lot of big stars. Soto's back in form. You know, a lot of their guys are playing a lot better and they've still got those pieces they need to win it.
0: Man, Soto, Tatis, Machado, I mean, that's a great way to get out of any sort of slump. You know, if those guys start getting hot, you know, Tatis and Soto have been, you know, the the really good versions of themselves so far this year. I could definitely see them getting out of it. I mean, like, and you know, they go get a Paul Goldschmidt, they go get another starter, yeah. like, which they're fully capable of doing. So, yeah, I could definitely see it with the Padres. The Padres, they certainly have, you know, the, the, the guys to go get it done. Um, but the team I want to bring up, I'm going to surprise people with my answer like this team has surprised people with their play, okay? My answer is a little different from the question because this team is five games above 500 right now, but everyone is, you know, is shocked by how they're playing. And, you know, they're they're very, very young. And that last part, you know, could very yeah. well be the reason why they, you know, maybe don't win it this year and this year could be a year too soon. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds in the NL Central, okay? Love if it. they can make the playoffs, okay? Okay. Which is an if because their starters have been awful. Okay, their starters have been terrible. A five nine one ERA from their starters. Okay, which is the third worst in baseball. Okay, they've been awful, and their bullpen is middle of the pack. But their starters ERA is so bad that it makes me believe it cannot get any worse. Okay, it has to get better. I, it, regardless of the personnel, your, your 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 pitching has to get better if your ERA is five nine one. Okay, so Hunter Green is also in there too. He's got electric stuff. He went down with an injury, but he's going to come back. Okay, but that's a guy in the playoffs. If you've got a Hunter Green as your number one starter, he's a guy who can give you eight innings. He throws a lot of pitches. He's a workhorse, especially as a young pitcher. And he throws hard. He threw the hardest fastball from any starter in the history of baseball this year. So he is an absolute horse. I could see him if, you know, he's at his best in a game one. I could see them getting a game one, and then who knows from there on, you know. And in their bullpen, they arguably, arguably have the best closer in baseball right now and Alexis Diaz. So they've got yeah. really, really solid pieces. They don't have a complete complete team as of yet. But like I mentioned with those two teams last year, we saw the Phillies and the Padres. They didn't have really complete teams, but they made it to the NLCS because they got a hot offense and they got some timely pitching and defense. So if the Cincinnati Reds can do that, listen, they, they've got solid offensive numbers. They're, a lot of them are in the middle of the pack, but they're fourth in baseball and team on base percentage. So they do get on base at a high clip, but they're so, so young of the 12 guys yeah. still on their team with the most at bats. Zero of them are above the age of 30. And most of them are 26 and younger. Plus they just added what looks like to be one of the biggest game changers in baseball and Ellie De La Cruz calling him up from triple a, he may be the most talent, talented position player in baseball. Okay. Having the top sprint sprint speed, a top exit velo, and arm strength in baseball. And he just hit for the reds, you know, the first red cycle in 30 plus years in his 15th ever major league baseball game. So he is a ridiculous human being. That's a franchise changing player. So, we and we've seen it in this recent stretch that they've had you know the 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 recent stretch that they've had has been extremely impressive you know the the 12 game win streak that they had in last week you know while that was going on the division leader at the time the pirates were also on a 9 game losing streak so they went from fourth place in the division down 5 games to the pirates to up for, uh, first place in the division and up 5 games on the pirates so for a team like the reds who's super young that's an extremely impressive two-week stretch. And now they're still at the top of the division. Plus, they got the OG Joey Votto on the squad to show them how to yeah. win and how to be pros. So is this a year or two too early? It certainly could be, okay? Um, but I'm not going to rule them out for this year. There's no way. They've got a formula to get there if things go right for them. But either way, it gave me an excuse to talk about the Reds because this is an extremely dangerous team for the next decade to come, I think
1: yeah and what an interesting place if you're the reds gm i don't know who the reds gm is because i mean i i I would guess you know most casual baseball fans probably wouldn't know the answer to that question but like what a weird position he's in now because like you said you know they're a couple starting pitchers away from like being pretty legit contenders do you take the window that you're given now even though it's earlier than you expected or do you sit with these young players let them develop And and try and make more of a run in the next couple years, and I don't, I genuinely don't know what the answer to that question is, but what I do know is that they've ridden their bullpen really, really hard so far. I mean, it feels like Lucas Sims, who's been a breakout. Uh, a breakout star in their bullpen. I mean, it feels like he's thrown one and a third, one and two thirds innings every single day. And it's like, how long is that going to last for? You know, Alexis Diaz actually just blew his first save like an hour ago. He he had had 27 consecutive saves going back to last year. And just today he, he, he let the the Padres tie it in the, in the, in the top of the ninth. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll see how the bullpen keeps going for him because they're, They're close, man. They're really close to having like a really, really special team. And they have that spirit. They have that like grinded out mentality. And I mean, that's got to be the worst lineup to face if you're a lefty. Well, I, I had watched one, of the, I think I watched them uh, play against Justin Steele and he had, the, it looked like he had the worst time of his life on the mound <laughs> that day. I think I, it looked like, I think the Reds had like 15, somewhere between like 15 and 18 hits off of him. And it was just all just like hit the ball the other way, singles, and then, you know, load the bases, extra base hit, you know, a bunch of walks and they're just so pesky, especially against lefties. And they, they've got those other platoon guys to hit against righties now, too, especially with Votto back. Will Benson's been really good. They've honestly like been one of my favorite teams to watch, and they've oh, got yeah. the momentum. They've got the energy. They've got the youth. Like, It'll be interesting to see what they do, especially over the next couple of weeks.
0: They've got it. And that's the, listen, that's the team in the NL Central right now. There is no teams yeah. with like a really super bright future in the NL Central other than them. I mean, the Pirates, you know, they've showed some flashes this year, but I I believe way more in the Reds players. So that's going to be the Reds could easily be, you know, uh, Astros type team where they just go on a run and they win, you know, five or six straight divisions, you know, make a couple World Series, win one or two here and there, you know, because they've got that type of talent on their team. Like it is legitimate, you know all-star, superstar-type talent that they have on their team. So I'm super, super excited about the Reds. But Taylor, I'm going to surprise you with one here. I'm surprising you right now, okay? I don't know if you oh, saw Red, this news.
1: Reds came back and beat the Padres today, by no, the way. I,
0: I I saw that as well, but I don't know if you saw this news. I might surprise you with this news, okay? Oh. It's a former friend of ours, a former Yankee, okay? Just got traded to the Texas Rangers. Araldis Chapman just got traded to the oh. Texas Rangers from the Cincinnati Royals Breaking for Cole Regans. A 25 year old starting pitcher and Rony Cabrera, a 17 year old outfielder, uh, is what the Royals got. So obviously the the Rangers getting Chapman. You know that's been a, a weak spot for them is their bullpen. They still have Will Smith in there, but I want to get your I want to get your initial you know your your reaction actually to Aroldis Chapman getting traded to the Rangers.
1: Well, Texas has been an exciting team to watch, and the one thing I can tell you is that they're going to be a lot more exciting to watch, oh, yeah. uh, because I mean there, there there is no lack of drama when Errolis Chapman comes on in a tight spot. Uh, it I can tell you it's a lot of sweat, a lot of walks, a lot of uh, a, a lot of jams. Uh, but this year, I mean, it seems I haven't really been paying attention to him lately, to be honest. But I know in the first couple weeks of the season, he was lights out and he Mm -hmm. gained a lot of his velocity back that it seems like he had lost. And I think he was using that splitter quite a bit that you saw him develop as a Yankee. And uh, I mean, that's either way, that's a great pickup for the, for the Rangers. You know, you knew that going into the deadline, the bullpen was probably their main source or their main target as far as positions go. And, you know, I think that's probably the position that's easiest to upgrade at the deadline too, which is I think why the Rangers are such a great contender because, you know, their weaknesses are probably the easiest ones to fix. Yep. And Aroldis Chapman is already a great start to that. I would be shocked if they don't go out and get another arm too, to add on to I, that. You know, maybe somebody from the White Sox, maybe like a Joe Kelly, yeah, uh, somebody like him, you know, I. but that's a great start for them. And you didn't, it's gonna make Rangers games even more fun to watch.
0: Oh man, it's going to be so exciting! A, a, a more Rangers Astros games with Chapman in in the ninth oh, inning. Yes, I am so thankful yeah. I don't have to deal with that anymore because it is <laughs> again my my life is so much shorter because Aroldis Chapman was my closer for about a half decade. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like you said, Taylor, I mean, he's had a really solid year. He's thirty five years old. He's I mean, he's obviously getting up there in age, but I mean, he signed a one year deal, so it's not you know a long term commitment or anything like that. He's got a two four five ERA, fifty three Ks, and twenty walks in twenty nine a third inning. So his K rate is off the. The charts right now he is striking out a lot of guys for the Kansas City Royals now is that a reason why he's performing so well is because he's been in Kansas City and no one's been watching him pitch and no one really cares how a role this chapman's been doing Maybe, but like you said, his velocity's ticked up. He's gotten a lot better, and now you're going to a Texas Rangers team. Like you said, he might, maybe he gets slotted in the closer role right away. Maybe he's a seventh, eighth inning guy, but he's going to be a high leverage reliever for them in a you know in in a in a in a pennant race. What's what it's going to be for the Texas Rangers? So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what Araldus Chapman can bring to the Rangers. Like I said, this was a live reaction. I saw this on my phone before we came on the episode, yeah, wow. and then I f- I forgot about it until we were like getting towards the end of the episode, and I wanted to get your reaction. So. Obviously, Chapman, one of the most electrifying face or, uh, you know, electrifying fastballs in the history of the game. You know, it's obviously, you know, that, that getting that added to your bullpen is going to be huge. So it's going to be interesting to see with the Rangers, like you said, Rangers games just got a lot more interesting because we're going to be seeing a lot of exciting, exciting endings to these games.
1: I'm looking up right now. I, I haven't seen a picture of Raleigh Chapman in a while. I was wondering if he's you know grown out of beard or anything, you know, almost Ooh, like the uh, Yankees rebellion. You know, yeah. Just trying to kind of uh, I- embrace what the Yankees held back from him, and it looks like he's got a little bit of facial hair—not nothing crazy—but you know, sometimes, I, sometimes guys lose their personality when they have to shave. I'm not one of those people. I,
0: I shave all the time. <laughs> I uh, am one of those people. Yeah, I definitely lose my personality if I have to shave. That's a. a <laughs> The, the 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 I talked about Yankee doom and gloom Yankee fans uh, earlier. The uh, the doom and gloom Yankee fan just came out of me uh, in my head just now, uh, thinking about <laughs> Araldis Chapman, us potentially facing the Rangers in the postseason, oh, yeah. and then Araldis Chapman shutting us down one two three to send the send the Rangers to like the ALCS or something like that. That, that just that, that just flashed fine. through my mind, and the doom and gloom Yankees fan in me came out. So I am praying that doesn't happen. I don't think that will happen. But if that happens, I might not record another episode of the Bush League. You may not ever see me again. I may just walk into the ocean and never come back here in Maui. So uh, that's that's something I would definitely not be looking forward to seeing. (laughs) But with that, Aroldis Chapman news, that is going to conclude our Bush League episode for today. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'm going to give a quick shout out to all of our sponsors. The first one I'm going to sh- give a shout out to is SportMemorabilia.com. That is the one stop shop to get all your authentic sporting merchandise. Rangers fans, if you want to get yourself an Aroldis Chapman jersey, go to SportMemorabilia.com. I got a couple jerseys from there, some hats, a pullover type long sleeve. There is lots of awesome stuff at SportMemorabilia.com. So hit the link in the description to get all your authentic sporting merchandise at SportMemorabilia.com. And we are also also sponsored by Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. It is the greatest hydration multiplier on the planet. Okay. Taylor just ran out of liquid IV because he was drinking so much of it. All right. I drink it all the time. I got two outdoor jobs here on Maui. I live, I'm sweating all the time. I'm sweating in my apartment right now. You want to know how I'm going to replenish the electrolytes I lost from the sweat that I am sweating with liquid IV. Go get 25% off. Like I said, when you use the promo code and hit the link in the description to go get some today, we are also sponsored by StubHub. No matter the event, StubHub has the tickets for you. StubHub sports concert and theater tickets as low as $6. If you want to go watch MLB baseball, which you probably do considering you're listening to the Bush League right now, unless your mom, I don't know if mom, wants to go watch a uh, Bush league episode or go wants to go watch major league baseball unless we're there, but you'll hit the link in the description. To go get your tickets at StubHub if you want to watch some Major League Baseball. We are also sponsored by FuboTV, the world's only sport-focused live TV streaming service with top leagues and teams, plus popular shows, movies, and news for the entire household. There is no hidden fees. Go get a free trial. Browse available plans. I have used Fubo. I love it. You get tons of channels. You can watch baseball if you want. You can watch football. You can watch basketball. You can watch badminton. You can watch whatever the hell you want on FuboTV. So hit the link in the description to go check that out. And do not forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate all your feedback. Tell us who you think is most likely to win... To to go to the World Series, tell you, tell us who you think is most likely to, to be sellers at the deadline. Tell us all that. Make sure you give us your feedback and be sure to give us uh, be sure to follow us, excuse me, on all of our social media platforms as well. At the House Call Sports, we got Instagram, we got TikTok, we got YouTube, Spotify, Twitter, and go get our merch and meet the crew and go look at our blogs up on our website. It is www.thehousecall.com and that's gonna be it for us. Peace.